welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. The role of HR has evolved from one of a transactional nature to one that aligns itself with the business to help achieve organizational success. But to do this, it's critical that HR becomes adept at building relationships based on trust and credibility. HR must be able to influence business decisions for the greater good of the organization, yet many HR teams struggle to achieve the necessary buy-in from the business they need to deliver the best solutions to the organization. Here with me uh, this morning is Carl Siegerstrom, Assistant Vice President and Head of HR for Europe and Canada at Merck about how to create HR as a credible business partner. Carl, thanks, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here. Carl, uh, uh, Carl has uh, been an uh, alumni within the uh, Chapman CG HR network for, for, for many years. And Carl, it's fair to say um, your life and career have taken you through a number of places around the world. Tell, tell us a bit about yourself, a bit, a bit about your career background, your cultural heritage, and I guess where you're based now. Sure. So, so currently I work for, for MSD, right, which... Um, if you're based outside U.S. and Canada, you know us as MSD, and if you're in U.S. or Canada, it's, it's we trade under Merck, uh, which is basically a large, innovative research-based pharma company. I'm, I'm head of HR today for Europe and Canada, as you said, and it's a pretty large region where we have about 17,000 employees, uh, ranging from fabric manufacturing presence, where we, we produce these products, but we also have large commercial groups in our in our countries and R&D and, and uh, the, whole, the whole range of, of capabilities that a big company like ours would have. I started, I'm actually Swedish, and I started in HR probably about 16 years ago, so as a HR consultant. Shortly thereafter, I joined the pharmaceutical industry. And I always say I, I joined the pharmaceutical industry by coincidence, more or less, but I stayed by choice because it's, it's really an industry where our mission is to save and improve life, and it's not many many industries that can actually say that, which is, it just makes it quite special, I think. I Shortly after I joined the industry in Sweden, I moved to Australia and spent many years in Sydney, Australia, eventually moved up to Singapore where I covered AP, uh, and now I'm based in Switzerland. So it's been a great, uh, it's been a great journey and it's taken me and my family to, to many interesting places as well. And so the question beckons Europe and Canada as a, as a remit. Uh, why that continent and that country? So I, I guess it's it's um, you had to find a regional home for Canada, and you you had basically two choices. You could tag it on to to US, but it would really be a small market next to an enormous US market, or as Canada has a similar size, and actually from a policy and access perspective, some similar challenges as Europe. Uh, so it's actually grouped together with with Europe as one of the uh, one of the big uh, markets we have in this region. So it, it works. It has many similarities. The only difference is instead of getting on a one-and-a-half-hour plane ride, it's a, it's an eight-hour flight to, to Montreal. So, But it, it has a lot of similarities. So it, it works well that way. Very good. And so tell us in, uh, in Merck, uh, how do you get the business to see HR as a uh, strategic business partner? Let's launch into the topic about credible business partnering. Sure. So one thing I found when I joined Merck was we don't have that problem, right? And because studying HR, and even remember back at university and in some other companies I've been in, there's been a discussion around 
how do we get a seat at the table, so to say? And how do you how does HR move into the strategic space? What I found, and I think that goes deeply in, in company cultures, right? But here, I, I don't de- I don't have that issue, and I'm, I don't lose sleep over it. We're at the table, and we're seen as a, as a strategic partner, and at leadership teams, HR has a voice. But then he opens the next question: Then what do you do with that with that seat at the table, right? It's not just enough to sit there. You need to be able to earn it every day, and you need to have the the influence. And that goes, to me, goes way beyond um, just having the right individual at that table it's actually an organizational uh, capability you need to have because the moment you don't deliver payroll well you're not invited to a strategic discussion because you need to go and fix payroll the moment you don't have a, a system that works your hrms system is not up to scratch or your shared service capabilities doesn't work you can forget about strategic talent discussion so i think you earn that every day by, by delivering on expectations but then when you're at that point, you really need to understand the business and be able to translate um, where the business is going, what the strategic challenges are into, what's an appropriate HR response there. When it comes to HR business partnering, for me to simplify it, I always thought about this in a couple, a couple of different things you need to be good at. And it's actually using the word HR business partnering. So first of all, HR, you need to be a good HR business partner, you need to know HR. There is a subject matter domain around talent, about human behavior, about organizations that you just need to know because that's why that's where you're a specialist. The next word is business, right, which I believe you need to be at the level where you don't only understand the business, you're actually deep enough to have a opinion about the business and you can you can see where the, the choices are and know which way you would go if you if you ran the business. And thirdly, partnering, right? You need to be skilled at influencing, at building relationships, at um, being a trusted, incredible partner to the business. And if you have all of those three things, you're going to be a, a credible business partner, I think. If I think through people I've seen that are really good at this, everyone has a towering strength in one of these. And I think you can use each of these as your leading strength, but you need to be pretty good at all of it. But it, it's the word actually helps you define the competencies you need to do that well. So how do you think that HR gains business knowledge and, you know, becomes uh, a stronger uh, commercial stakeholder uh, in the business process? That's a good question. I I believe, um, I think the key word here is curiosity and just, just not shying away from when you come into a new business, asking questions um, and not being too, too shy about it. Uh, it's... There's nothing magical. It's not rocket science. Uh, for me, it always helps to starting with the financials. So work your way from uh, how does our P&L look to what drives this, what are the products, what are the customers, and, and pretty soon you start to get a get a picture of it. If you're when you're HR and you're supporting a business, you always have, I find at least, you always have a license to go in there and ask for information or ask questions and, and get involved in the meetings. Um, so the information is there. It's just a matter of asking um, asking the right questions and, and just being intellectually curious and try to understand how this works. The challenge I find is I spend time in, in specialist roles, in centers of expertise, in talent and recruitment and staffing as well, where because you're in a specialist role, you tend to have a little bit less direct access into leadership team meetings and business meetings, etc. And then I think you need to work a little bit harder on um, 
getting getting that type of information because you still need it, right? What what I did in those jobs was instead of focusing on my a particular region or therapeutic area or business unit, I spent more time understanding what happened at a corporate level. So looking at our um, quarterly earnings, what our analysts say about us, what are the news releases coming out around the company. So you you stay way more connected to the bigger picture as opposed to a business partner tends to be much deeper in, in the area he or she is responsible for. So there's always ways to go about it. But I think you just have to make that a, a work priority for yourself. It's not a, it's not extra curricular about it. It's, it's basically what you have to do to be good at your job. So in your view, Carl, what does an HR team uh, who is strategically aligned with the business look like? We have a lot of these discussions for the moment because we're looking at our current um, evolution of the, of the HR function in, in the region and I would say globally at, at MSD. Um, I'm coming to the conclusion where I don't think there's a right model. I don't think there's a one way to, to do this. Uh, I, I think it starts with the business and what the priorities are or what demands the business is putting back on the HR function. I, I always try to remind myself and my teams that if we're not here to better help manufacture products or bring access to products to patients or innovate and find new products, there's no HR. There's no such thing as HR for the sake of HR. However, whilst many different models could work, what it, to me what I come back to is you just need to create the conditions where people can get really good at what they're doing. And what I find today when we looked at our own organization is we're a little bit too fragmented. So we see people playing very broad roles where they touch a, a huge array of things. And it, it could be you touch a little bit of payroll and then the next day you touch a little bit of strategic talent management and the next day org design and then you go and deal with some labor issues. And that's pretty common in HR. The, the remit, what is HR today, is, is, is very broad. I... I believe in creating a little bit more role clarity and focus because that I believe that would give people the capability to become really, really good at what they do. And ultimately, that would make the function really, really good. So I'm, we're trying to break it out into more clear roles and then knowing all those roles are of equal value, but you, what you do is different and what it looks like when you're really good at it is very different. So uh, uh, it's. I think it's a strategy of focus and, and building capabilities, basically. So, with that in mind, I mean, what do you think are some of the most important skills that an HR leader must have in today's, you know, multinational setting? So, so if I keep, if I stay with where I just went in terms of those different areas, I, I think there's a few different things. So, so we need to be able to have an operational machine that runs. In operational excellence and is is just efficient and keeps generating efficiencies and added value to to managers and employees right and at the other hand, you need also to be able to be a human capital consultant and and a strategist so if you're the senior HR business partner, I think you need the ability to both be an active partner and shape the business and have opinions and be an active contributor to the leadership teams and at the same time you just need to translate the business demands into HR response and be able to activate the broader HR machine to support that uh, organizationally. 
there's also a really important role, um, a face-to-face -face HR delivery role where you might be dealing with uh, work councils or unions or, or you might be coaching managers with difficult employment matters or uh, dealing with uh, HR processes, etc. where you always need to have that face of HR and it's a really important role, which to me is just about making managers the best they can be. So it's supporting managers locally as well. And then of course we have the COEs in terms of bringing us the world-class talent solutions or staffing solutions or compensation and benefit uh, solutions as well. So, so depending on where you are, I think it looks a bit different, but as a HR leader, you need to be able to see how all those pieces fit together and create an environment where those those things work well together. Uh, and you, you need to be a bit of a um, playmaker between those pieces and, and be able to show, to show how the model is supposed to work and what it looks like when, when uh, all the different capabilities are working together through the model. And so what do you predict, uh, Carl, is, is, is the profile of a, a future HR leader if you, you know, if you take this trend forward? I, I think we're in for, a, for an exciting future in HR. If, I look at, if you look at some of the mega trends, uh, with the, I sense we only scratched the surface on, on the digital age uh, and what that will do to HR. So I, I, I think we'll see more and more solutions in that space and more and more data being generated, which will help us have much more insight-driven uh, HR on using big data and see uh, both around potential and performance and how we look at employees. You know, today you, you generate a data trail, whatever you do, and that's going to be that's true for our employees as well. I haven't seen, I don't think we really grasped that opportunity as, as a function. On, on, I'm sure there's companies out there that do a good job of it, but that's, that presents some real new opportunities for HR and also some delicate privacy um, uh, trade-offs as well to make it when we look at how to use that data. I also I also think we're going to have challenges with, with um, an aging workforce and how to think about is is this kind of old school setup where you work from mid twenties to sixties and you do it nine to five? Is is that really the the right setup of the future, or is there a more flexible? Are, are the boundaries for pre and post your working years and work are they going to get more blurred? Are there different ways to engage and tap into both the the experience at the later stage of your career and attract the millennials or the next generation coming in coming in early? Uh, I think there's some big strategic questions that, that's going to hit us um, where I'm, at least what I'm trying to do is it's hard because you, you, you tend to look at yourself next quarter, next year, and potentially out in you know, two years out. But I think there are some strategic questions on the five to ten year horizon that we're going to have to start dealing with. And it's you just need to force yourself to to think about those questions and, and, and start and start focusing on it, even though it's not near term. And in, in today's pace, you tend to react at things much more shorter term and faster, and you're much more execution oriented. So that's a, I think it's a challenge just to take the time to think about those big strategic questions. So with all that in mind, um, what advice would you give to HR leaders who 
who struggle towards um, or struggle uh, to progress towards more of a strategic change business partner? I would probably um, focus on getting a really good understanding of the business. So I would I would definitely do my do my homework to make sure I I uh, I get multiple inputs. I I read up on what I can. I've I've put the challenge to my team. If if you reach out to people internally and and say, hey, can we grab a cup of coffee? I'm curious to hear what you do and what where you spend your time doing and how your business works. I challenge them to give me one example where someone turns them down because on average people like to talk about themselves and what they do and are, are very very keen to share. So we have this untapped uh, resource of just people that want to share what they do on an everyday basis. Um, I would also leverage the fact that HR goes often across functions and divisions so we get we often have a very good horizontal perspective that you shouldn't take for granted. Uh, many other functions or divisions are very focused on their area, so they don't see the end-to-end -end stuff. So that's a perspective that we can leverage as well. And then I think it's just about focusing on those key right relationships with, with senior leaders and, and making sure you, you, you build strong relationships and you get the right uh, credibility. And, uh, and credibility often comes with delivering and keeping your word you know, if you prove yourself trustworthy, and then uh, I think those things will come together, and eventually you're gonna you're gonna get the right uh, influence or the right uh, strategic platform to work with the business. And that was Carl Siegerstrom, um, Assistant Vice President and Head of HR for Europe and Canada at Merck, talking about how to create HR as a credible business partner. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, follow our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.